Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. Welcome back to Better Family Travel. I'm Kathleen Monroe with Amy DeCesare, and we're back again to talk about our travel mindset. So Kathleen, one of the travel mindsets that we've talked about is flexibility. And one of the things that you need is to be flexible when we're traveling. And I would love to let our better family travelers. So just so people know, this is how it kind of works. Kathleen and I have been working, you know, to try to invite guests on that we think people will find interesting on different aspects of travel and things either to open up possibilities or strategies and mindsets. And one of the ones travel, as we started to talk about this, and some of it is just, we're curious about it. And we're using this, we figure if we're curious about some part of travel, maybe there are other people out there that are curious about it too. And Kathleen, our guest for this episode, I know is someone that you've been super, super excited (laughs) about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who our guest is? First, I need to give a shout out to my sister-in-law, Heather, who as I was talking about our journey with the podcast and simultaneously my journey into more and more running, she said to me, Hey, you know, you should talk to that coworker of your mom's. And I was like, who? But there's the family office manager. And I just want to plug her for being an incredible person. And I think everybody has the family office manager in their house, right? They're the ones that decide where you're going on vacation and also know where you're staying and where you're going to eat and have the backup plans. That's Heather, though she's not in my immediate family right here, she's like that person for me. I need her for all of my great ideas. So I just want to give her credit for this lead. And she was right. And I remembered that my mom, who is an employee at Manchester Memorial Hospital, she's a nurse educator and she's now working on the floor. She has met some very interesting people in the medical profession. And one of whom is a marathon runner whose goal was to run a marathon in each of the 50 states. And when Heather mentioned to me, hey, you know, you should talk about that goal that she had, I thought that is absolutely brilliant. So I reached out to her and she was more than happy to talk to us. And I know, you know, because you and I go back and forth in texts and, you know, we talk about this and we're both living very busy lives. And we, one other thing I think we both miss is the chance and the opportunity to talk more about this because when we started planning this podcast over the summer, we had that chance. And so it's more on the fly. We're both busy and you were so excited when you booked Mary because, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're also curious on how you run some of these marathons because you really, and talk a little bit, your running journey during COVID. Can you just fill people in on what's gone on there for you? Yeah. Mary Powers is her name. She has, now that I know her, she has added another layer of inspiration to a goal that I've been working on personally since we left our regular lives back in March of 2020. The day we came home 
from work on the 13th, I went for a stress relieving run, which is something that I've had is as a tool in my repertoire for a very long time. I am really grateful that I had required sports in high school and I had to do three activities a year, one of which got to be musical theater, which I was so (laughs) pleased to be able to replace a sport with. One of them was track and the other was field hockey. And so I was able to learn the benefits of physical training and team sports, but also setting personal goals and all that good stuff. It was hard for me at the time, but honestly, if I hadn't had that experience, I don't think it would still be part of my repertoire as an adult. I'm not sure I would be able to do what I'm doing without having had that experience. So I think that's an important insight that I just want to share too, is those sports at an early age, though it felt so required and so put on me, it really changed my skills as a person, Mm -hmm. which brought me to the ability to survive a stressful situation during a global pandemic by choosing something healthy. Now, I'm not going to lie. I still have a glass of wine in my hand. Like I choose my vices too, but I also have a, a good, healthy repertoire of stress relieving activities that are good choices and ones that I want to model for my own children. So I came home that day and I went for my run and it wasn't a very big run. It didn't feel great. And I was pretty out of shape, but I realized I was going to be home for a long time. And this was my chance to make two weeks. You're going to be home two weeks. Yeah, I was going to be home for two weeks. Right. So I was going to take advantage of those two weeks and I was going to do yoga in the morning and I was going to go for some run. I mean, really it was, I was thinking like, I'm just going to get up early and do yoga these mornings. And then it turned into another week and another week and another week. My husband's cousin's wife is a runner (laughs) and she caught wind of the fact that I was running so much and said, we, I'm a runner. We should run together. And so I had a, I had an inspiring partner who encouraged me to sign up for a half marathon. And I thought, oh my heavens, there's no way I've ever run. I I once ran six miles and that was huge. I mean, six miles is a long distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought, wow, a half marathon is ridiculous, but I couldn't believe we were getting through a pandemic and thought, I'm going to give this a shot. And I did it. (laughs) I did it with support. I did it with your support. I was able to run in the mornings and then know I could come to you in the afternoon and say, guess what I did today? I I had accountability, which I thought was really helpful. And just in general knew how good it felt, you know, like an antidepressant, that dopamine rush that I got helped me keep focused on getting through what was difficult and go Mm -hmm. back for more day after day. So I'm curious, and this is just coming to me now, but you know, there was something else going on at a similar time frame of COVID. You turned 40 right before this happened. <laughs> You're calling me out. Yeah, I did. So I'm, I, and I just, I say this as 50 is on the horizon closer than I would like to admit. It was, oh my God. So Nathaniel, my son, you know, comes up. And I'll, I go to bed early and I'll be laying there and my, like, I'm mostly asleep and my kids are like out of a cartoon. They like stare at me until I wake up and scream. And so he's this sweet little boy and he comes in and he'll come in and give me the most gentle butterfly kiss on my cheek. And then he goes, mommy, how'd you get all those gray hairs? (laughs) They would be from, you know, (laughs) 
yeah, I, I do need to uh, get back into the COVID, out of the COVID mindset of that. But uh, yeah, he likes to point out how gray my hair is getting. So I say this from the, the you know, that decade marker, though, that, that as we grow older in that decade marker, I think there's a time of reassessment, right? And I know that a lot of it we talk about as we're approaching the milestone, but I think sometimes it's also once we've gotten there and that, that reassessment of, okay, you know, I actually liked it, you know, because you go from your late, I'm in my late thirties, late is old. I'm in my late thirties. I'm in my late forties. And then you're early again. Early is nice. <laughs> you're early forties. You're young again. You get a, you get a restart on a decade, right? So you're in your earlies again. I'm so, definitely in my earlies right now. <laughs> so, and it may not have anything to do with it, but I'm wondering if not only just the, the, the fitness you know, the COVID and needing a way to cope also coincided with your own personal, like your children are reached a certain age or out of the baby stage. You, you, both things happen for you to come at a similar overlapping time when, you know, you're looking at your milestones, you're looking at your husband's milestone. And because before COVID, you and I were talking a lot about these milestones in your personal life. And then this fitness journey began for you. Well, I can't, you can't run like this without dedicating significant time to it. I mean, it is a major time commitment. Um, and some people find time to do it in the wee hours of the morning. I'm more likely to do that in the summer when it's light out early. But there was definitely a long time in my early parenting years when I would never, ever spend this much time on myself, ever. So a two and a half mile run that took me 22, 23 minutes to run was as long as I was willing to be away from the house. I know I was acting like I was indispensable. And I know I was acting like maybe even a helicopter parent. I mean, I'm going to put it all out there. We talk about asking the hard questions of ourselves, right? I want to, mm -hmm. I want to say that I, I felt that I was needed, but it also may have been that I needed to be needed and I needed to be there too. I'm not sure, but I can tell you I couldn't leave. I couldn't go away with my friends. You and I talked about this the other day. Yep. I had friends who I watched them go away for the weekend with each other. And I kept saying, no, I couldn't imagine leaving my kids after having been at work and leaving them at daycare. I wish I had said yes. I will say in hindsight, I think I might've made the wrong choice because the feeling of wholeness that I have now taking more time for myself is like night and day from some of the mental health struggles that I had when my kids were younger. I wish I had said yes and gone away or been away longer, even if it was for a run or a hike or a short trip with friends. But now at this age, my kids are old. Like you said, some milestones overlapped. Yep. I reached a certain age where I felt like, wow, <laughs> use it or lose it, woman, right? You, you need to be healthy so that you can survive. Yeah. To be old enough to see your kids grow. But my children are also old enough that I can put them in front of the TV or I can let them play in the yard and I can go out for a run knowing that they're safe and independent. Like that's okay. That's something that's new for our household and it allows me to do what I'm doing. So there are a couple of factors that kind of lined up there to make it possible. Yeah. And you just wonder because if you could do it over again, a friend of mine I just saw had her first baby on I saw it posted on Facebook and I was really excited for her. And she, she wrote, you know, interesting things about, she didn't mind the labor and delivery, but the pregnancy, she doesn't need to do pregnancy over again, you know, that, that kind of thing. And you wonder how much, 
Huh? I mean, it's hard. It's just, you can't overstate how hard those early years are. No. And it is hard to take time for yourself because you and I did have that conversation, the going away. And maybe it's being the working mom too, because you're already in, You maybe you already feel a little bit in that deficit mode and you go back and forth because you and I have also talked about, you know, from my perspective, I know I'm a better mom because I'm a working mom. Because when I, when I'm there, I try to do, you know, I I like the one-on-one time with my kids and that I'm not as good with like, I'm like, really, you want to eat again? I just fed you a meal like three or four hours ago. And, (laughs) you know, Nathaniel's even worse because he's a string bean and that kid's metabolism is through the roof. And I'm like, how many meals a day do you need? And he's like, at least five or six. And he does. And I'm like, oh my God, we have to feed you all the time. You know, (laughs) it's the care and maintenance part about it. I'm like, this is just monotonous. Okay. But yeah, but monotony is part of the issue when you are always doing business with your kids. Yeah. That sometimes you have a hankering and a desire for the non-business side of Mm -hmm. parenting. So when you are working and you pick your kids up from daycare and it's instantly, okay, we need to unpack your bag, check all the things you need for tomorrow. I need to feed you. I need to bathe you. I need to do a bedtime routine, get you into bed. And before you know it, your whole day has been business. Yeah. So when the weekend comes and I could go for a run, I didn't want to. I wanted to take my kids to the playground and play hide and go seek, or I wanted to go splash in the creek, or I wanted, you know, I didn't, I wanted, I needed the playtime. And so to be fair, that was mental health time. That was personal mm-hmm. time, but it's still not the same as having true personal solo adult like time and getting it back after that deficit of the early childhood years because it's just hard it's hard to find the time it's hard to make the time and when that's where you really want to be it's also hard to truly enjoy the time away because you you're never quite ever where you want to be and it's you know you can't divide yourself into three parts so Listen, you're out and you're tired as all get out. How many of you, how many of you right now listening have been on a date with your significant other and been so flipping tired that you know you want to enjoy it, but you're so tired just from parenting that you're like, well, you know, we're out. We we better enjoy this. And you're like, enjoy it. So that's not even it for us. Our whole thing, especially when the kids were little was one, we usually have the babysitter come at four o'clock because we knew we weren't gonna stay out that late anyway so you we have dinner to... with the senior citizens you have like the early bird special no you know what <laughs> you know what all right here's a classic amy and wade date from when like pre-pandemic and everything else <laughs> we would have the sitter come at like four o'clock and then we'd go out for a drink and an appetizer and we wouldn't actually eat dinner at that place right and then maybe we'd go to the bookstore or go for a ride or go somewhere else and then we would go somewhere else for a second drink and another appetizer usually and then we usually go to stop and shop and we do the grocery shopping or target or kohl's because we could enjoy running an errand without the children there and we absolutely enjoyed every minute and i there was rarely a date that we didn't go to one of those places <laughs> um and then we'd be looking at the time and it would be like eight o'clock or eight thirty, and we were super tired. And especially me, I get up so early. But honest to God, we just didn't want to put the kids to bed one night. So we'd be like, we just what need else to can like, we do? <laughs> what else can we do? <laughs> just drive around. And our 
our dream date and this isn't even anything uh, we're just like maybe someone else could just take the kids somewhere else and we could just stay home and i'm not trying like i just want a few hours in my house where i don't have to and i love them to pieces i love my time with them and I need to recharge my batteries. And that is just the honest to God truth. But but so for you, the running, I, I mean, what you've done over the last year has been amazing. Like your your fitness journey, your running journey. And it's one of those things where at first it was running and now like the performance and you just were telling me the other day, like you had your best run, like your best time running up like a like a hill that you run regularly that's pretty awesome it is pretty awesome so back to our guest so (laughs) our guest has run marathons in many places so mary interestingly aligns with the conversation we just had about milestones because she is proud to proclaim that she's a late to life runner so she wasn't a runner and she didn't have the sort of training that i'm talking about when i was part of a track team and I watched everybody do what they did. I was in, when I, I should correct myself. When I ran track, I actually did field. So those of you who know the difference, there's a big difference. Uh-huh. I stretched with everybody and I ran the warm-up. Warm but then I threw discus and, and the, the, the souped-up lawn darts, right? I threw the javelin and the discus and shot put. So I did that because I wasn't a great runner, but I watched my friends who did the distance and once in a rare while there wasn't enough runners and some of us would get pulled to just be a body to run a race. And I used to call the 3000 meter race, the three bajillion. And one time I ran the three bajillion and boy, was I slow, like so, so slow. And just the other day I was running and I thought to myself, I could run the three bajillion now. That would be no big deal. Like I'm so proud of myself. This is a, it's a huge difference. I didn't know that part of the story. I thought you were the runner in high school. Like no, a, a no, runner, runner. I don't know. I was the theater kid who threw the shot oh, put wow. because I had to do a sport and there wasn't a spring sport that I wanted to do. It's so funny because <laughs> in my mind, I've always wanted, I like the idea of being a runner and I've wanted to run. And like, I end up getting the asthmatic cough as soon as I start running. And so I don't go running and I'm not in shape to run right now anyway. But I didn't realize that. So, so, so Mary ran late. Mary wasn't a runner and she, so she, it was surprised to learn that she has three adult children, you know, from what I understand, none of them are competitive runners either. Although she runs with her husband who sometimes races, which is kind of nice that they can do that together. Mm-hmm. But she started running and slowly, I think her personality is novelty seeking. She's absolutely and not a repeat performance kind of person. So she ran a little and then ran a little more and then decided she fell in love with the marathon distance. She just loved it. And then thought why she loves to travel. So why not run a marathon in every one of the States? And over the course of a couple of years, she achieved that. And now she's gone out of the country and she's gone to a few repeat places, places that she's really enjoyed. Um, But I was just so curious when I heard about this, I thought like, how is that even accessible? Do you need to be how expensive is that? I mean, you know, I, here I am. I'm thinking of all the things I know about. And I know that that Everest expeditions are thousands of dollars. And yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, how much money is it 
to go and run a marathon in every state. So I just had to know more. I had to know what is, are you, how much of a competitive runner are you? What does it cost? How do you even make this happen? How, how do you make this happen? How do you make this doable? How do you, how do you even begin? And she had so much to say about how accessible it is. And the truth is it's just a registration fee for a race. Well, Getting well, yourself there is, is, is a trick and a skill. And I'm looking forward, and I know you were looking forward to hearing it. And so backing up, so we normally record on a Wednesday night. Yeah, and... we should we should clarify why why it happened this way. <laughs> Technical issues happen. Right. So so backing up a week from where we are now. So you were on spring break last week and nobody else was on. So you were in vacation mode mm-hmm. and I I got to join you for half a day and had an amazing time. We went to a garden store and went out for lunch and it felt like a vacation. It felt like, you know, we, we crossed over the Connecticut river and it was a world away from where we've been living. And we talked a little bit about it then. And then, you know, over, I think it really, I mean, it really kind of started, well, we didn't really know each other much before that, to be honest with you. But last year we started celebrating all of our family's birthdays together, right? Like yours was kind of, well, Anna's was the first, but so Anna and then yours, you know, we happened to be away at the same time. We celebrated your, your big milestone birthday. I'm outing you. I'm sorry, but you're, you're the youngest out of all the, all of us. So like, (laughs) it, it feels like, okay, but Anyway, so we celebrated that and that was President's Day weekend. And then really the dominoes started falling fast after that. So the next birthday up was your husband, Brett's. And we were in full lockdown then. Like, and, you know, going back to the mindset we were all in a year ago, like in April for, for, you know, we didn't know how the coronavirus, how COVID-19 was spread. We At that time, it was still very much contact. People were worried about contact. We were just starting to wear masks because they decided that there was some airborne and that masks would be helpful after the whole don't wear masks and then wear masks. And I'm not trying to get political or anything else, but going back to the mindset. And so we hadn't seen anybody like you guys live across the street. The most we saw it, like, cause we were lonely was be banged down pots and pans. And you guys came to the edge of the property and it Hi. was a huge deal to wave after being isolated for weeks on end. And so your husband had the big milestone birthday also yep. last year. He and did. he, we, you know, instead of going out to celebrate and everything else, he was stuck at home. And so we delivered margaritas. You brought and us margaritas and nachos. Margaritas and nachos. What else? But even that, you know, looking back, I went, I went and picked it up, and I remember being so stressed picking up takeout because I hadn't picked up takeout before, like, or if I had, it been one time. So that whole, you know, am I gonna get it from them putting the chips in the car? Like, what does all this mean? But also, we just couldn't deal with the isolation anymore. So we, you know, my I went out to the local restaurant, I got the chips and salsa, um, and the margaritas. And then our family, or at least some of our family was we're going to play virtual gaming, like they were going to do a gaming time to celebrate, I think a little too, if I remember right. But my whole, the whole family, our family of five went over to your family of five when we stood, you know, back then probably 40 feet apart, you know, I put the mask on, you know, it was, it was almost like being a teenager. I dropped it on your front step, ran ran back away. Like, don't spread. 
So and in retrospect, it was probably the safest all of us had been for the rest of the year because we weren't around anybody. So so that's the birthday part. So flash forward a year and, you know, Brett's birthday came back up and we really enjoyed that little family back and forth, like happy birthday. And we weren't going to be home for his birthday. We were, we were actually going to see my parents. So, I, you know, it was a last minute thing, which is the, the honestly... If, the, if I ever get in biography, they should just call it, this was a last minute idea. But so it was a last minute idea. But, you know, I looked at the forecast and like, tonight's a great night. You were on vacation. So a little bit of a more laid back, you know, at least one person's on vacation. So the rest of us might as well join the mindset. So your family came over on a Wednesday night and it was like 70 degrees, 65, 70 degrees here in Connecticut, a beautiful spring evening. And we had pizza in my backyard. We had a little campfire. We had some drinks. And then you and I were going to go do the podcast. And it was a podcast you're super excited about. And what happened? Mary's internet was not cooperating. We tried. Yeah, we rebooted, we tried several devices. And actually, when you do listen to the interview, uh, you know, listeners should know it was done through a different kind of recording. I was trying to capture a telephone call interview. I mean, it was just her and I the next day because we were able to just say, you know what, we're not going to make this happen as a group. So I was able to call her back the next day and ask her my questions and have a discussion about some of the really cool places that she's been. But you know, technical issues happen. And it, the, what she has to say, though, is so worth every bit of it. I mean, talk about celebrating. She just retired. So she also now has more time to do some of these events. But I had asked her, you know, COVID has happened. Has that affected some of your travel? And she had some interesting things to say about how COVID has affected her access to racing and her, her fitness in general for racing. And now that things are opening up a bit, she has some very interesting places that she's going to be going um, and interesting things she's going to be doing. One place that she had been was very, very high up on a ridge line. And she was talking about, you know, being at the edge of a canyon and looking around and realizing that she could have one misstep and that would be the end, right? Like so treacherous of a terrain. And I thought, you're not talking about just running a road race in every state of the United States. You're talking about seeing the United States because we have so much available to us uh, that many of us haven't even begun to explore. I know some people have really cute <laughs> goals, like I'm going to see the, you know, I'm going to go and see the largest whatever in every state or, you know, some one of those fun things that you can go that's only in that one state, like the largest cheeseburger or the largest whatever. You know, some people want to ride their bike in every state or some people want to go camping or just drive through, have put their feet on the soil in every state. So her goal is to have actually run a race and running certainly is a mental challenge. But what I really took from her is that it's not just about the physical activity for her, but it's marrying her desire to travel and to experience new things and be able to foster a desire to go back to those places. Interestingly enough, she doesn't want to have satisfied the itch. She wants to create more of an interest in every location by having been there once. It's such an interesting 
and that open attitude to have. Well, that's kind of interesting too, because one of our first discussions was, you know, repeat trips or novelty. And it looks like she's really managed to combine those two aspects, like the interesting part of novelty in new places with also the, the going a little deeper levels. Like, and that's part of the repeat, not just the nostalgia, but you get to peel back like layers and see a place a little deeper and notice different things because you've gone there more than one time. So I, I really am interested to hear what she has to say. But like you said, we had technical difficulties. So we, we logged on to the podcast and Mary wasn't able to get connected. And I know you were disappointed. She was disappointed. <laughs> you know, I was looking forward because you were you were so excited to hear what she had to say. But one of the things, so so this is where, where I'm coming from on this and thinking a lot of my thoughts lately, because in another part of our life, my husband and I are trying to open a new business or, you know, and it is for him and it's, it's not going according to plan. If there was a plan and there was an anti-plan, we are following the anti-plan of how to open a business. And what has happened is, so it's a, a mosquito shield franchise and it's really kind of it's it, it, it really is interesting and we are we like it very much we like the business model we like the service that we're going to be providing to our family and friends and our customers both like we really feel passionately that you know enjoying the backyard enjoying the quality of life which we've all come to love i had lyme disease so the 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 also helping to keep down, you know, the ticks and the mosquitoes personally mean a lot to us. Huge motivator. And, you know, and so again, going back to COVID and how life changes, Wade's background is in IT. He is a, you know, database programmer with a master's in information security. So pesticide application probably wouldn't be the forefront of what he would be doing, but he had to step back from his job one of us had to stay home and kind of run the family while the other worked because we didn't have childcare and we, we couldn't do it all. So we, we also had the luxury to make the choice to not have both of us work. So while we were home, that's, you know, the decision we've made, but we can't travel. We can't, you know, in order to do that, you have to kind of strip your budget down to the bare bones. And so we decided also it wasn't the long-term plan. So we've been rethinking all of that. And what happens has happened is, you know, in me being me, I'm like, okay, what do we have to do? Focus. We're going to get this done. We're going to get open for the spring. Boom, boom, ticking off all the list. And then the one thing we need is him to get his license from the state <laughs> of Connecticut to have a pesticide supervisor license. They haven't held the exam since March of 2020. And it is now April of 2021. And you cannot run the business without this exam. And they only hold the exams in person and they are not doing in-person testing. And I can move a lot of things, but I cannot move the state of Connecticut. Like, and I, this is not a knock on the state. I think the state has done a great job with COVID overall, but the fact that they're not super responsive, I, and quite truthfully, I have I have talked to the people working or emailed. I suspect it's the antiquated computer systems and technology that they cannot easily adapt. And they haven't said that, but these are dedicated people. So I will say that the people we're working with are absolutely dedicated. I, 
so there's a disconnect. But the frustrating part is it's an Im- immovable. It's like, we need this. And so... So you didn't anticipate this. I mean, you guys put into did, place the plan to open did. the franchise, get it going. This time in the spring, you were ready to go. Yes. And the barrier is you, you didn't predict is that that final piece of the puzzle. And so how do sure. you adapt? Like, what do you do next? How do you, how do you keep moving forward? Well, how do you keep moving forward? And, and, you know, there's been that we have to do it. We have to do it. We have to do it because if you're going to have, you know, when we first started opening the business and this should make you chuckle and not surprise you at all. We went to the, the owner's meeting, like the annual owner's meeting was like, a day or two after we signed up and we purchased our franchise, right? So we went to the owner's meeting and it was virtual and they have all the awards and accolades and it brings out my most competitive side. And it's like (laughs) the top new franchise of last year got like 290. I'm like, 290, 300 is. I could do 300. I I want the trophy, right? And so I'm like, okay, how do we do 300? How do we, like, now I have a goal. That's what success looks like. Okay, well, that's what we're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. And I can't get past the state of Connecticut. I just, there, there's no, you know, I email like every other day. I have, you know, they won't talk on the phone and all of that stuff. So there's absolutely a frustrating aspect to it. But because we have been forced to slow down and do it differently, and it is not going to be as we planned, we are also reaching out because we have to get creative. One of the only ways that Wade will get open for business is in the licensing, there's the pesticide supervisor license so that you can operate on your own. And then there's like the operator license, but you could operate under a supervisor. And so what it's forced us to do is to network and to really learn the industry from the start. And part of it is probably just me getting older and maybe dear wiser. And that's where those gray hairs are that Nathaniel keeps <laughs> pointing out so lovingly to me. And it is so loving, like, dear God, I've never heard anyone talk so lovingly about gray hairs, but whatever. <laughs> so, but the thing that I, I, I think about, and, you know, I think about my other experiences in travel and everything else is... You know, there's a quote by Winston Churchill, like, never let a good crisis go wasted or never waste a good crisis, I think is the, is the exact quote. And they use it a lot in the investing community, like the, the when you're investing, you know, whether it's real estate, they talk about the downturns and our stock, because if you're going to, if you're going to buy an asset, if you're going to buy real estate, if you're going to buy stocks, the best time to do it is at the absolute, like when everybody is panicking, you know, if you were going to buy houses 2008 to 2010, (laughs) if you were in a position to take advantage of the market, when everybody else is like, Oh, geez, you were in good position, but it, it takes a certain mindset to say, okay, you know, and some confidence in the future and to think differently because you can't do it the same way. You know, you couldn't in 2008 buy real estate by, you know, taking a home equity and banking on it just, you know, appreciating forever because that didn't happen. So you have to work on the fundamentals. You have to work your numbers better. You have to do all of this for that, right? Well, the same thing here is with, with the business that Wade's working on, you know, it's forcing you in some ways to, okay, network with people in in the industry that you are new to, make contacts, learn how to do this, slow down, really learn, really learn it. And that is what's happening. And so while it's frustrating, 
you know, I have that, that quote, that Winston Churchill quote in my mind, you know, never, never waste a good crisis. And, you know, it's, it's not really truly a crisis, but you know, it's, it's not going to be a profitable. Well, it's a somewhat of a crisis for your organization. Sure. I mean, right. You know, it's not going to be a good year profitably. You know, I mean, how many people are looking to sign up for new people, new mosquito business in July, which is probably June or July. And we can't, we can't sell, we can't market, we can't do anything. It's illegal for us to do that right now. We just can't. So we've had to like shut down our fit. Like marketing is what I do. Like that's my nature. Like, so (laughs) I haven't been able to talk about it on Facebook as much like with the, on on the, the business page. Right. So, and that's just a long way of going. I really have been trying to personally work on the mindset of when things don't go as planned. <laughs> Listen, Mary doesn't say this when in the interview that got recorded, but when I was talking to her ahead of time, she told me about travel plans, right? And it's really, really critical when you're a racer that you have your very, very tried and true, your very, very tried and true gear. You need the shoes that you've been training in. You need your outfit that you know for sure is going to work for you. You have the things that are your, if you're superstitious, if it's just your, what you know is going to work for you, you bring these to your race. Mm -hmm. But when you're flying, what do you do? Do you let those, those valuable good as gold items out of your sight? No. They become carry-on. So Mary, actually, she runs with her sister. So she has a running partner as well. Speaking of having, you know, accountability and having somebody that kind of keeps you going. She and her sister always, always bring their running outfit, their their running kit with them on their carry-on. And then they had a flight at one point when they were required to check because it was overbooked and there was no room for people's carry-on. And they were required to check it and they just took a deep breath and they trusted in the system. You know, 99% of the time, you never have any issue with these things, but guess what? Mm -hmm. They definitely lost their luggage. There was a layover. It didn't make it to their destination. Uh, When they went back to go get their luggage, it hadn't arrived. So not only did it not arrive with them, it didn't arrive at the next flight either. So they ended up having to go to their hotel without their running gear and buy all new shoes for a marathon, which is not okay. You can barely walk in your new work shoes without having it bother your feet, much less run over 26 miles, right? It's, that's not, that's not something anybody wants to do. So they, they gritted their teeth and bought the new stuff that they needed and they got ready. At the end of the day, their stuff was delivered to the hotel at the last minute and they were able to wear their comfortable clothes. So it was one of those like, whew, that was a super close call. But, you know, you you have to just kind of put one foot in front of the other and deal with what the cards that are dealt to you if you want to keep having the experiences that you want to have. If, if your end goal, if the goal is to experience a new place it might just be in different shoes you know if your goal is to have a successful business it might be next year not this year but being able to problem solve and accept changes along the way is a huge part of the journey yep and i think you know we do bring it back to travel and our family travel and that experience because let's be honest Stuff goes wrong, right? And maybe that's not the S word I wanted to use, but stuff goes wrong. (laughs) And trying to, using those as opportunities 
and maybe it's just because I'm getting older. Maybe it's COVID. Not that I want stuff to go wrong, but I don't, I don't fear it like I used to. And I think like anything, it's the experience of figuring it out and gaining confidence in learning how to problem solve. And also, are we looking for enough opportunities also for our kids to get that confidence in problem solving and figuring it out? And, you know, I talked to my kids about this, that things are going to go wrong. You you can't stop them. I'm not going to get upset. Like, or, and even if I do get upset, it's not the end of the world. It's not that it goes wrong. It's how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you figure out? Because there's not one travel trip that any, I can't imagine anyone out there telling me that everything went according to plan, right? Like the kid puked, the flight got missed, the, and that confidence, you know, there's, there, there's, there's two different trips that I'm thinking about, you know, and we've had a lot, but I, I will tell you this one. I am vomit phobic. Like I <laughs> hate it. Like the anxiety I get when one of my kids might get sick, I have to, like, that I don't have to plug my ears anymore is huge, right? Like, the anxiety I feel like the cold sweat when somebody might get sick. Like, I can't stand any part of it. I call for Wade. I'm like, Wade! And thank God, he's cool with it. But if my kids puke unexpectedly, I can deal with it. No, it's the anticipation of it. It freaks me out. And so... One of the things, and we're just going to put out there that I'm crazy. So we're just going to leave it there. I understand that. And there's no need for anyone. You can leave it in the comments. I understand I am crazy. But because I am so worried about people throwing up, like it freaks me out, like the whole thing. I, when we pack for the plane and I have kids who get motion sick, I get motion sick. And so being trapped in a plane with somebody who might throw up just freaks me out. I don't enjoy that, but we travel anyway. So I find bags that will hold puke. I have a puke plan in the back of my mind on what I am going to do because oh, I no. do not I do not trust those bags on the plane to actually hold it. So tell me they look it. like paper lunch bags. They do like, not. I don't maybe trust another them. layer. Like I'm not sure about those. Yes. I don't believe I, I don't have faith in them. And so what I so what I make my kids do is or my family, actually they don't even know they're doing it. I pack everybody's carry-on bags. So that we are, we are covered if we get covered, you know? So I have like a plan, like I have a whole plan because it's only I can deal with anxiety of someone potentially throwing up. Meanwhile, somebody throws up on every trip we have, just so we're clear, we don't have a puke free trip, but, and I've got, we still go on vacation. So this is like, you know, learned strategies here. Oh yeah. Out of necessity. So <laughs> what, what I do is I, in everybody's bag, I pack a change of clothes, like for the plane. And even for the return trip, where I usually check everything for the return trip as much as possible. But I'm like, listen, if I get puked on, I do not want to sit in these clothes. So um. I have a plan. Like, there's just, I just cannot handle the thought of it. Like, so in all of that, right? And so the part I worry about is if they get sick, like on the plane, the plane, the plane part just bothers me. Like the airport, like if you get sick. So our last flight before COVID shut everything down last January, we were coming back. Oh my God, my boys were so sick on that trip, like with a, a chest infection. Nathaniel started with croup the morning we flew out, like where you're like, 
oh geez and in this day and age nobody would let us on a plane right with this out of the cop but i'm like oh we got a flight in three hours like what are we gonna do and it's a horrible thing like he clearly had croup and then it just kept getting worse like you know he he got like the the temp on the plane and i'm like oh and he's napping and i'm like gosh like you know because when they have a cough like that early in the morning or overnight it could go away. Like we all know, like our kids, like you're never sure which way it's going to go. And that one went south and he, we're at my in-laws and we have to do the steam baths and I have to call the doctor back in Connecticut to try to get medicine. And he was really sick. So then William got it the second part of the trip and it was only a long weekend. So like that just tells you, you know, how it's going. The whole time sick. Yes. That stinks. And so we were, the last day of the trip, we were in Tampa. We had said goodbye to my in-laws. We did Bush Gardens, Tampa. William had a cough. The, the, the inhalers weren't breaking it. So I kept making like lick on lollipops because the lollipops were calming the cough. Mm-hmm. And so all day, I mean, like, there's like big roller coasters there. My kids love the roller coasters. For as much as they get, they love the roller coasters. My, my kids love them. And so... There was this huge one there and Wade's like, let's go on it. He was going to take Will because Will was high, tall enough. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm reading all the warnings. I'm like, this kid can barely breathe. I'm like, are you nuts? No. And so, you know, I'm the, the fuddy daddy. And I'm like, that, that when I put my foot down, I'm like, this is a bad idea. Like the warnings, sometimes the warnings are there for a reason. I'm going to call no on this one and you're not doing it. And that's what it is. And so they, you know. So we drive, so we leave Bush Gardens, Tampa. We drive to the airport. We get there. The kid needs like the nebulizer treatment. So it's not just an inhaler. He needs a nebulizer. And we're waiting to board the flight. And I find a place to plug in the nebulizer at the airport. We're going to fly home late at night. He's got the neb on him. Gets it off. Right. And I look over at him and he's clearly not breathing. And I'm like, well, breathe. And then and i'm like it's like a slow motion and he was so he still says he was so embarrassed and i feel bad for him had i known it was coming i would have freaked out but like i could handle it right like it's it's you handle it i and it was really like my one of my nightmare scenarios like what am i gonna do if a kid pukes when i'm like we were getting ready to board the plane like now there's vomit everywhere everybody's there we dealt with that. We figured it out. And so it, it's one of those things, again, going back to that Winston Churchill quote, I'm stronger for it. You know, I'm stronger for it. And I am finding myself over the past year, like, yes, am I frustrated by the business? Yes, absolutely. Do I work on it every day? Absolutely. <laughs> but I am also trying trying to develop the mindset that not everything that go, doesn't go according to plan, especially for a planner like myself, doesn't mean that it's not going to turn out for the best. And I really do feel that so many things that aren't how I envisioned it or how I planned it, I'm stronger because of what it was. And when it's over, I wouldn't change it. Now, you know, last Wednesday, obviously, was just a malfunction. But I'm, I'm curious if you know, because you were very passionate about this interview. And I really did want to talk to Mary too. But I'm wondering if what your thoughts are on how it ultimately unfolded, because you had to work so much harder for this interview 
do you feel like there was like what came out of it for you? Anything other I got than nervous? I thought, boy, I'm working so hard. I to you know ask her all of these questions. I hope that you know my questions make sense and that you know she feels like this is worth her time because she has had all these amazing experiences and here I am like can you talk about it again how about today how about today how about tomorrow how about like I just felt like you know I didn't want her to fatigue on my interest yeah but wow her enthusiasm for her own experiences is just amazing I mean she she's the warmest most encouraging person and just wants everyone to reach out and give give something new a try. Like I was so inspired by her energy that by the time we were finished talking, I had on my browser tabs open for the organizations that she mentioned that do destination races. I mean, this is a thing that you just sign up for and they will tell you where to go. They have hotels set aside for, you know, the reduced rates, but she's like an Airbnb kind of person. Oh, she's going to talk about grocery stores. We've talked about grocery stores on the podcast in the past, kind of have an idea about asking our listeners to throw us their favorite local grocery store, their favorite, whatever, their favorite bodega, their favorite organic store, favorite natural foods, favorite grocery store near Outer Banks or wherever you go. I would love to know where those little places are that people love to go because really it's not about the restaurants a lot of the time. It's about experiencing the towns and the environments that you're in. And Mary's right there with the rest of our guests. She says the same exact thing. So, you know, I was I was nodding the whole time like, yeah, so we're hearing this. And this is exactly what we want to know, you know, but the fact that it's so accessible and so doable to travel to race and that there's more to it than this frightening topic of marathons like the m word is a biggie but i'm just gonna throw this out there she's not just a marathon runner she's doing an ultra she's done a couple of ultras and if you don't know what an ultra marathon is go ahead and google that it's pretty amazing she's done a 50 mile race in the past she's doing uh i think she said it's 31 miles coming up soon i mean just outstanding and she's um, retired but so, you know, and I, and, and I asked her about that. I wanted to know, are, how is celebrating your retirement playing into your racing? And honestly, she's not a person who ever started slowly or will ever slow down. She's just kind of a go, go, go person in general. It's interesting. Her family supports her in different ways. And she has some interesting things to say about who participates and who doesn't. Um, and that there are levels of travel that you can embark on that depending on which organization you sign up with, you can do more or less of the planning. So if you want to go for 10 days in Israel, which they've done, you can find an organization that will hook you up with the places to go and do a lot of the planning for you. So we're talking about travel agencies are kind of out of fashion. People are doing a whole lot more of their own travel planning now that it's so easy to find Verbos and Airbnbs and you can reserve your hotel online in 10 seconds. There's all these clearing houses for reduced rates. I mean, people can do a lot of this planning on their own, you know, but if you want to meet people with similar interests, signing up with an organization like this can also open up some social experiences, which you might not have expected. So I think that's kind of a pretty cool outcome as well and really piqued my interest in terms of exposing your family to a different demographic 
of people as well as different areas of the country in out of our country even you can travel independently as an adult you can take your whole family i mean there's so many options and you don't have to run an ultra <laughs> you don't have to run a marathon what i what i learned as i dove more into some of the resources she gave me is that there are races everywhere from fun runs to marathons there's one mile family fun runs there's 5k's like you can do that that's and you a race a race is a race only in name you can you can walk when you get tired when you cross the finish line you've completed the activity and where are you are you in the grand canyon are you in the sonoma valley are you in West Virginia, which she has a very interesting story about how what was expected didn't happen and how they had to kind of work with adversity and their travel plans and and make it work. You know, where you end up and how you are making the most of the moment, her ability to be present and enjoy what she has in the moment is such a gift and something that I heard the whole time I spoke to her and hung up that phone call resonating with me like this is it this is your day this is your week this is your experience and if you spend time appreciating what you have and what's around you any goal is it is is achievable big or small just being present in the process of working towards a goal is a huge accomplishment and doing it with your family alongside you and maybe getting to travel at the same time is like icing on the cake, right? So it was just so cool. Here I went in being like, you're going to teach me about nutrition and how do you sleep before a race when you're not in your own bed? I mean, you know, getting good rest and nutrition is huge. And we all know when we're on vacation that the majority of us are rubbing our tummies like, oh, I can't believe how much fried food I've had, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about this as I'm interviewing a racer. Like, how do you possibly eat and sleep and still run a marathon? Tell me how this works. How do you travel with your sister? Are you compatible companions? How, how does this how does this work? How do you choose where you go? Why do you run so far? What do you listen to? How do you appreciate your environment? Are you stopping to take pictures? Are you are you running through and then you, you kind of like shake your head and go, oh, wow, I just ran 26 miles through a valley and I better, I better go back and take some pictures. You know, I had so many questions about what is this even like? How do, how do you make this? Do you fight with your sister the whole time? Do you do you bleary eyed run a race? Do you, I just, I had so many questions. And so, you know, so much of it came from a technical interest. And then I came out of it thinking, be in the moment. Like I, it came, it came into a mindset perspective from a technical interest. And so I got a little bit of both worlds. And I think a lot of my runner friends are really going to enjoy listening to some of the things that she had to say and people who might not be competitive runners, but really enjoy having active or sort of activity centered outings and vacations might find this a really cool thing to do. And it's not that expensive. I'm going to stop you there because the result of the unexpected way we had to do this makes it really a two-part episode. And so I am sure our listeners are (laughs) I encourage you, our better family travelers, to listen to Kathleen's interview with Mary that will be coming up on our episode after this as a second episode. And all of 
all of the passion that Kathleen has talked about and that whether you're a runner like Kathleen or a non-runner like myself, and on the next episode, I will tell you how I faked doing a half marathon. You travel the world. Oh yeah. So we will get into that on the, on the next episode, but, but that is what's coming up next week on Better Family Travel. And I encourage everyone to tune in and please listen. And we will have some comments on our Facebook page about your thoughts on 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 traveling and marathoning so with that kathleen do you want to take us out we're so glad you're enjoying all of our topics and our travel tips we couldn't do it without the support you show us by leaving feedback when you download an episode and by letting your friends know about us make your next stop our better family travel group on facebook and share your ideas and questions at askbft at betterfamilytravel.com extra special thanks goes to the crew at cmg podcast network whose production expertise supports an extensive family of podcasters and more. Check them out at clovercrestmedia.com. 